I'm just so excited to have uh, John Barkley here to talk to me today. It's a funny, it's a funny thing, but I uh, first heard of John. Uh, it must have been a few couple of years back when you did a you did a webinar, I think, and I was just so taken by it. I remember watching it and just feeling completely like connected to everything that you said. So you're one of the the few people that I truly admire. So thank you very much for coming to talk to me. Margaret, it is my pleasure to be here, and that's very kind of you. I wonder what it was. Was that possibly the webinar with uh, a few other gentlemen, or was it just myself? Do you remember? It was like something to do, do with awake- awakenings. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so much fun. That's exactly yeah. right. Flint Sparks was there, and DeWitt Jones, and Ricky Cook. Yeah, that was that was a pretty special offering uh, that Afrat did. Afrat, it was a friend, a mutual friend of all of ours, and she she had that idea during the COVID pandemic time, right, to try to have something that was very early on in that time frame, as I recall. Maybe or maybe that was just before that. Anyways, uh, it that was a thrill to be part of because I admire those the the others very very much. So thank well, you for coming and, and participating in that. Yeah, it was um, it was really nice. I was I remember watching it online. I was on the Outer Hebrides watching it, um, and I've got to say, I think I only watched yours, or I only remember yours. So, oh, uh, that was the most important ones, <laughs> Mark. <laughs> but I think sometimes, sometimes you know, you hear people talk, and it has a an effect on you, and you you understand what they're saying, and you're connecting to that so much that you just. I remember just being stopped in my tracks by it, and your um, mannerism, your calmness in your voice alongside the thoughts and the uh, um, the ideas that you were putting across were just um, so important I think in today's photography world where we're we're, t- we're you know often um, engrossed in gear and, and kit and teaching and and all that but but when we start to think about the you know the, the why behind it and the, the actual um, ideas of what makes you happy and how you who you are as a person in fact one just just one of the quotes I, I wrote in my notebook as you were talking mm-hmm. quite a lot I, I wrote a couple of pages about what you were saying um it, it usually takes something really powerful for me to get my notebook out and write it down and I've used your quote many times in my own teaching and my own speaking and it's um it's about you bringing yourself to your work and the more that you know yourself the better your work will be so that's maybe where we can start so we can start a little bit you can tell us a little bit about that can you sure no you've tapped right into probably the thing that i like to speak about the most um it's interesting when people invite me to do like lectures locally at clubs and so forth oftentimes they're looking for that dialogue about the the how-to and the shutter speeds and I certainly know about that you have to as a photographer but it's not the part I really like to talk about what I'm passionate of talking about is how do we show up as a photographer you know what do we bring to the act and and quite honestly I in my mind that that dialogue is not just for photography, right? It's, it's for whatever creative pursuit, but more importantly is how do we show up as a human being in life? Because the reality is that's what you're bringing to the act of, or the creative process, let's say, right? And, and what, what finally dawned on me, I don't know, and it's recent, I, I mean, I, I just turned 65, so I'm, my kid's, have told me that I'm officially old now. I've told them that's not true, but 
they think I'm old. But, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, but it took me probably until about 10 years ago to really start thinking differently about photography and how was I showing up. And then when we started this contemplative photography retreat, this is a gentleman named Flint Sparks and I. Flint is a, a Zen priest. Um, he's also a psychotherapist. And so he's just one of the most amazing humans I've ever met in my lifetime. And that was what he and I started to have these dialogues about. And that's why we created that retreat. Because what we realized was, or what I realized, and I helped him understand, because he's a photographer, but not near as much of a photographer as I am. And, and I'm not near as much of a practitioner of mindfulness. And so I saw this opportunity to bring the two of us together because what I needed, and I sensed many others needed, was to understand how are we showing up to make photographs. And the more we understand that and more that we can connect to that, the stronger our photographs get. And so I tend to ramble, so I'm going to try to stop here. I promise, Margaret, because I love talking about this. Um, but I, I want to give space for you to be able to talk as well, because my wife, I can hear her in my ears right now saying, John, you can, you've said enough. But anyways, um, but that's what... That's where my personal photography changed dramatically is when I stopped worrying about pleasing all the others, what everybody else would think. And that's hard. That's human, right? That's human to be worried about all that stuff. But when I started thinking about how am I right now at this moment in this place, wherever I'm photographing and how am I open to receiving? So my language has changed from taking pictures, even making pictures to receiving images. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> no, it, it's, that's what you're here for. It's lovely. It's lovely to hear I you talk. I know. It's really nice. So thank you. Um, it's it's um, one of those things that not many people can put into words as eloquently as you can. Um, it's also something that I'm really passionate about. So I, I, get, I understand you when no. you say, yeah, that excites me. If you ask me, mm -hmm. um, in fact, on this podcast... I still don't think we've actually mentioned the word f-stop or aperture in two years of running. So that's amazing. That is <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's great, isn't it? And it's um, it's more about, as you say, opening that up to the creative world. It doesn't have to be just photography. We talk about being creative. No. We're, we're talking about finding finding ourselves is the, I've always believed that's that finding right. ourselves is the key. I certainly know that happened in that's my right. journey. Um, but also when other people come to you and you're teaching, um, so I, I teach as well, and, and people are wanting to further the photography and it, it's not a, really about, well, it's not about um, the gear. It's not about learning photography. It's about no. um, understanding yourself and finding yourself. That sounds yeah. very kind of like uh, woohoo, <laughs> um, uh, you know, intangible. It does. So sure. Do you, can you articulate that a little bit? Can you tell us a little bit how finding yourself can um, help your photography improve? You know, when we started, I'm, I'm going to go back to this retreat because to me it's the most important thing I do every year. You know, what we realized is, you know, certainly you said the most important thing is not in the gear, but it's certainly important, right? It's, an, it's, it's important enough that the, we understand our gear and the techniques of photography but I would say this, so that they get out of the way, right? I want them not to be, I don't want to be thinking about that when I'm out in the field photographing. I want to be thinking really not about anything. I want to be open 
in neutral, if you will, rather than chasing. I want to be receiving rather than chasing. So what that means is, is that idea of being open. And so that means we've got to do a little bit of work in our own personal work, right? Because when you say that, uh, that, that self-awareness, that's hard stuff. Right, it's almost like psychotherapy, right? I mean, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't need a therapist. And but, but the reality is, we all need a therapist. That's the first thing because I love that process, and I've been in therapy myself. Um, and so that's sort of what it is. It's it's getting in touch with who you are as a human being and what you then bring to this creative pursuit. And so I would say, it's like Ansel Adams said, and I like to say it a little differently to, to make it maybe more present for us. You know, he talked about the fact that we bring to the act of photography, he said, but I'll say we bring to the act of creative pursuits. You know, all the books we've read, the movies we've seen, all the people we've loved, all that stuff, right? And so then I say, if I'm doing a lecture and the dog that we're dealing with that's got difficulties and the relationship that's falling apart and probably is going to be a divorce, or likewise, we bring the joy of a new relationship or we bring the joy of a family reunion that just happened where you've seen your, all of that is very much part of the creative process. And so where I've gotten to is realizing that it's per a couple things. It's perfectly okay if I'm going to go out to make photographs and I don't make a photograph that day because I'm just not, I'm not there. And I might not be there because my father just passed away and I just can't do it. Whereas another person might be, my dad just passed away I can still make images and those images are going to be very much full of that emotion, full of that, uh, th those feelings, right? So when somebody says, and I remember hearing this and you said, woo woo is the word you use before. And I agree with that. You're feeling kind of like, what is this? This is not photography. This is, you know. Uh, what's a friend of mine called it? You know, psychophotography or you know, oh, phototherapy. That's what he calls it. And and you know, and and there's maybe some truth to that. But the reality is, when you think about any just brilliant artist, what and again, with no matter what the medium, what they're bringing is them fully present and aware and just there and and I like to say this when I listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan you know I think about his life Stevie Ray Vaughan the brilliant blues player and if you know anything about his life it was dif difficult life well to me he tapped into that so well that when he played the blues I could feel his soul slathered all over the strings so that's what I want to do in my photography. I, I'm hoping that I can slather my soul all over the pixels or, or my sensor or something like that. Because that's, to me, Margaret, that's the difference between somebody saying, oh, I recognize Margaret's work right away. Well, why? Because Margaret has taken the time to pay attention to why she falls in love with whatever subject matter she's falling in love with. And I love to use that language a lot because we don't use that in the photography world. But if I think about why I make photographs, it's because I've fallen in love 
with whatever it is that's going on in front of me. And I'm falling in love based on my life experiences, based on who I am, what I like, what I don't like, my political beliefs, my religious beliefs, all that stuff makes up who I am as a human being. And the more I can tap into that, the more that is going to be seen in in the images that I create. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I totally, totally agree with everything you're saying there. It's wonderful to hear. I do, I do think that um, we, we need to understand what we love. I think that I think the barrier um, a lot of people have is that they don't understand what they love because they've built up so many um, uh, yeah, barriers over the years walls, and put up walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit through. Um, through life and being criticized and, and all of these things that happen to us and once we start to break down those barriers and we start to go actually let's excavate that a little bit and let's get back to who we really are that's when yeah. things really happen does that make sense to you well yeah look, here's a story my brother david uh older i'm the baby of my family as he was in i think it's grade school if i remember the story correctly um the music teacher kind of said not kind of said said you know you shouldn't sing david you can't sing and so for until he was in his 50s he would not sing because that music teacher told him he couldn't and the reality was he could maybe not that day in music class at eight years old but it took him until his 50s to realize that he loved to sing and he wanted to sing at church. And so he started to sing at church. But how, isn't that sad? So that's what you're talking about. We bring all those things, right? And then the other thing we bring is this idea. You know, and so we bring this idea that I'm not creative. So I'm going to copy Margaret's work because I love Margaret's work. I see John's work. So I'm going to copy that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a pretty common place to be. Oh my gosh, I love Margaret's work. And I wish I could do something like that. And so we go to the spot that Margaret was. We hope to have conditions and so forth. But that's part of the work we're talking about here is getting to the point where you can realize, okay, I've, I've got to take that next step. I don't want to be Margaret. Margaret's doing Margaret really great. John's doing John great. I, we don't need to, let's not be them. How do I be Stephen or Susan or Sarah, right? And that's the hard work. That's tapping into, and that's what we do at the retreat specifically, that we're opening up the space to have a very intimate, sometimes difficult dialogue about what we're bringing to that creative activity. And sometimes, I mean, it's, it's downright painful for some people because they have such a history that they're so afraid because they're going to be reprimanded or it all goes back to that childhood stuff right and again this is where people talk about the woo woo part of it but i hope you can understand that what margaret and i are talking about here as you're listening is i i promise you i mean i just promise you that as you are willing to risk opening up to that, it's going to just take you to places you never imagined possible because you're no longer going to have, just think about what's going to happen. You're going to shed some of that anxiety, that pain, that discomfort, and you're going to rise up out of that as this new beautiful unfolding flower with all this to share with unencumbered by all that stuff that was holding you back right and so 
that's the magic, the magic. And so, yeah, we can teach Jeff Sops, and I'm sure, Margaret, you and I both do that. You have to, right? And, oh, you might consider this as a little stronger composition, or you might consider this as, you know, that's the type of stuff we're doing on the practical photography. But it sounds like you and I are very much in harmony that when we're really in the field, I'm. you will never hear me say you should. I don't like that language. You should. You should make that image over there, or you should, or you should use that f-stop, or you because I don't know what your creative moment is, and so so when I'm teaching, I'm saying so help me understand what is it that you're relating to, what is it you're connecting to here, and how can then my job is how can I help them achieve that. Well, you might consider a different lens. Let's see if we can't bring those two objects closer together. And so, you know, some people, they like dark images. And so my job is to help them to, to manage that. How do we get that darkness to come out that they're feeling in their lives? Or the joy, how do we get that to express joy? And that's the harder part, but that's mm-hmm. the real fun part. Yeah, there's not many people that can do that either. There's a lot of people that can teach photography, traditional sense, and there's not many people that can go um, as deep as this or understand this concept. And I think when you were talking there, I think one of the things that I often do um, on on my workshops is um, give people permission to not use a tripod or to not go by the rules or, you know, just say, well, actually you don't want to just leave it on the beach just go free and just be free and you see them opening up you know that's that for me it's like that almost working it backwards does it really matter if you've got a great camera no it doesn't does it really matter that you haven't got the right lens that you think you should have and and just um yeah giving them that permission to just be a bit messy with it and enjoy it and enjoy it do what they feel happy doing that's a big thing isn't it well, my friend Jack Davis, a uh, brilliant photographer and just a super good guy, he, I still have stolen one of his expressions, which is, you know, arrive open with a box. Remember, I don't know if you've got Crayola crayons over there. You probably have crayons that are, might not be Crayola, which are made here in the States. But as a kid, we would get this box. It's a, it was the best thing ever when I was a kid because it was 64 new crayons with all these zillions of colors. Right. And so Jack would say, it's like a new, brand new box of crayons. That's how you arrive. And you pull those out and you're scribbling and you're drawing and you're just having a party and you're a kid again. Right. That's what you're doing. You're giving them permission to play, to just be open. And I wonder what will happen if I move my camera while I'm at the beach at a fifth of a second. Oh, look at that. That's so much fun. I don't need a tripod for that. Hey, I wonder if I did a multiple exposure and went like this. You know, like we were just down in, or out at the Olympic National Park and people were doing swipes. I call them swipes, intentional camera movement, or they're doing multiples. And then I just simply said, I wonder, because I didn't know. <laughs> I just said, I wonder if we did multiples and swipes together. Let's find out. And it was a party. Everybody went, what are you doing over there, right? And now we're just playing, wondering what will happen. Isn't that great? Rather than showing up with the structured thing that says, I must divide my frame into thirds and the power third here. And my gosh, I mean, I don't want to show up that way at all, right? I understand all that. And I know those exist and they're good suggestions. But I want to I want to show up with my box crayons <laughs> and have some fun. Uh, you, you know, a lot of things come from fun, don't yeah. they? I, I, yeah, I started Absolutely. doing. Absolutely. Um, 
like yeah that's that's where it starts if you enjoy it that's where it starts um years ago i started doing um going into the water with my camera because i'm obsessed with the water but started going into it and thinking oh i wonder if i could take my phone in and make some videos and do some and it's developed over the past four years and now i've got an exhibition next year of, of half half images but do, do oh you know the, the, i know it's amazing it's because i've Excellent. got cameras well now done. and i've yeah, I've learned how to do it. But and I was out actually the other day in um in the in the water in the Hebrides, and it was just great fun. I'm, I'm I've got fins on, I've got wetsuit on, and I'm just flipping about with the with the the the, um, the reeds and everything. It's just like I'm just having great fun, and I think that's maybe some people sometimes we forget that it should be enjoyable. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my gosh. Especially photography. I always say that it's I'm blessed beyond measure because I'm getting to do what I love to do and share it with people that I really, really like. I mean, we're very fortunate to have a ton of great people who come on our workshops. They're my friends. And here I am out having a party and I tend to like it to have fun, too. So we we do laugh quite a bit and and I like to be silly. Uh, But I think that's important to to create that mood and that environment where people are open to that sense of play. Yeah, I I love it. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about the... um this concept of retreat. So when I started my business four years ago, I, um, mine were all, I called all my, what, what I now call workshops, I called them retreats. So it was started, I started out as photography retreats because I wanted to bring in this, everything that we're talking today, I wanted to bring that into, into the, the, the week that I was having with people. Um, and I found it difficult to, to do that. And probably so early on, it wasn't quite um, gelling. And I think things things evolve don't they and you evolve as a person as a, as a teacher and, mm-hmm. and um so it wasn't quite right so then they're now just ordinary workshops i suppose with a little twist because they're not really like workshops where we're running about sure. um yeah. you know all day it's very kind of relaxed and chilled and i do a lot of teaching in the evenings that's, that's a bit more more of this kind of um talking about okay. the, the why and etc but but now i'm thinking four years on I'm thinking I, I need to go back to that because i feel like i'm ready to do that and i'm 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 just pulling together I'm, I'm trying to pull together a retreat in india because i think that that warm weather kind of helps a little bit yes, <laughs> yeah yes. does it so so um yeah so i, I find it really interesting and i've, I've i went on a, a photography retreat with sean tucker this year absolutely fabulous best experience ever but i do wonder whether it appeals to the more um ma- i don't know how to say it i was gonna say mature photographer i don't mean that in age i mean that in development so maybe once you've got over mm-hmm. the that you know the learning the the basic learning and then you're searching for something deeper does does the idea of a retreat appeal to people that may be a little bit further on yeah. well that great question um so I, when I went to Flint, let me just tell that story real quickly. So I was asked by DeWitt Jones to help him with a workshop in Hawaii. Flint Sparks came as a uh, guest of that, right? So he he was he lived in Hawaii, but he was part of the Hui Ho'olana where we do this retreat. Uh, and, and what happened was, because this is a very instructive story, I'll try to make it as short as I can. He, he was really afraid to share his 10 images on the first night of this See the Light work, workshop, right? It was not a retreat. This was something else that he was a, a participant in. And I said, don't worry about it. This is a celebration. This is not a critique session. It's a celebration. So he comes and he shows his first image. And I'm like, wow. And you could hear like a, huh, from the audience. And he shows the second image and another, huh, 
And the third image, and, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And so I'm sitting there going, what the heck happened? And and I realized, short, long story, much shorter, after three days that who he was, I learned who he was. He was in our sessions, and you heard him speak, and he recites poetry, and I realized what he brought to the act of photography was something I've never done. And I went and shook him by his lapels and said, we need to do a workshop together. And we, so we called it originally a mindfulness workshop. And then we, after one year, we said, no, that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is we're offering a, a retreat from the way we normally do photography education. So we, so the retreat part becomes, and we're very specific on the website about what what we're trying to accomplish. We're not, if you're coming to the contemplative photography retreat thinking it's all about photography, that's not correct. It's 80% about the retreating from how we normally approach photography, how we normally show up, and 20% is the photography. We're still going out to photograph every day, but the meat of the retreat is a clear knowledge. So now back to your question, that's the setup. The, the answer is we were f- afraid if we called this a retreat, would we actually get people to come, yeah. right? And, and guess what? At the first year, it filled primarily because we had a good list of people who I had a feeling would be interested in this. Then the word spreads. We're at the point now where we're full for this coming December. We're already full for the following December. Well, I haven't offered it yet, but I have a list of like 50 people who want to go. So I, it'll be filling every year. I have no concerns about it anymore at all, Margaret. So yes, the answer to your question is I think there, there, are, there is a subset. There's a group of people out there who realize that, and there, a lot of them are very fine photographers already, right? But they're still in that headspace of, I'm going to check the weather. I'm going to use um, photo pills, which is, again, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to make that clear. There's there's no right or wrongs in my life type of thing, especially with photography. That's something that I'm really uncomfortable with when somebody is is saying this is better or worse, because it's not. It's a creative endeavor. There is no right or wrong or, or, or best practice, really, generally. So... So generally, back to the thought here, there are people who are craving that, and there's a lot of them out there. So I would encourage you, Margaret, to go back. And just the thing that you might consider is making it very specific that this is going to be a retreat, and the retreat is different from a workshop or a tour this way, right? But you're going to find plenty of people. Me, yes. I'll be there. <laughs> well, I think I put my name down for one of yours. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> that would be yeah, wonderful. Oh, just uh, yeah, that's it's amazing. I, and and the thing is that during the retreat in uh, with Sean, uh, it was like like changed so much for me. You know, I would say life changing, but but creative changing. I suppose it gives you that time Good. and that space and that thought. You know that you don't have. I think it's really powerful. Um, so I, I'm a big believer, definitely a big believer in retreats. I think what you're doing is amazing. And I think that it's maybe something that all people will start to understand. Um, yeah. It's interesting because Flint, you know, the practitioner of mindfulness and so forth. And then you had John. And we're, early on, the discussions are 
photographer, how much time should we be doing that? And then Flint saying we need more practice time, not practice photography, but practice with these new concepts about mindfulness and being grounded, aware, and present. And me saying, no, these are photographers. They're going to want to photo. And then finally now, whatever, we're six or seven years into doing this. I finally said to Flint last year, we need more practice time. I get it. Right. And people are, and because I was really worried that they're going to come all the way to Hawaii and they're excited. They want to get the pictures that they've seen from there. But the reality is, the, by the last day when we're kind of in a group and we're saying, what did you get out of this? There's not a, there's none of it has to do with photography. Nothing has to do, the, everybody's revelations that week have nothing, like to a person. And so that's when we finally realize that it's okay to give more time for practice. So once we have these port sharing sessions and you're talking about, I'm sure like Sean Tucker did, it is Sean Tucker, right? Yes, is yeah, yeah, uh, and I know his work. I, I'm jealous that you went, and so, um, well, I lost my train of thought there. But in, in anyways, it, the the idea that we are needing to have those deep dialogues, and my being afraid of it as a photographer, and then finally coming around to no, people want to talk about this stuff because they've never been given the. Um, the space to feel comfortable to do it. So I'm sure that's what Sean did and that's what you're going to do is give that space for those dialogues to happen. Yes, absolutely. I think it's it's really... Yeah, it's really valuable, isn't it? And I think um, when people start to understand yes. how valuable it is, then that's when you're moving things forward. That's why you, you get that, that deeper level of understanding, isn't it? So yes. I suppose I suppose what I'm trying to think of is wh- whether the, the listeners the listeners are probably thinking, well, how how can I start to do that? What's the have you got any advice or tips on how they start to become more um, aware? Where, where do we where do we start? Yeah, I've got a great place to start. So it's one of the things that we gift people with out at the retreat. And that's this concept of, and it's not new, really. If there's practitioners of mindfulness or meditation, they might already know this. But it's this idea of showing up grounded, aware, and present. So we call it gap, right? And and we in the yurt where we do a, a meditation each morning on the retreat, which is wonderful, and that's sometimes awkward and new for people. I remember it was awkward and new for me the first time I did it. But now I long for it. I can't wait for those sessions because I understand how important it is in my process. The process of how I then come to photography. So let's talk about that real quickly. So grounded. So if, you're, if you show up, and I do this all the time now, if I'm showing up to a location, I'll make it about me, and then you can extrapolate. And I'm just feeling that overwhelmed. My mind is racing like crazy. I'm thinking about all the problems in my life. I'm thinking about what I have to do next week and tomorrow, and i got to get this done. All that stuff, right? Whatever yours is, I recognize that now, that I am not even close to a place where I can be receiving images. So I immediately say, am I grounded? right now am i feeling grounded can i feel and i stop and i actually in my head i'm saying can i feel my feet on the ground you know can i feel myself to, connected to the earth right now i'm i'm right here in this place right now so i'm trying to get out of that headspace of being so consumed and then i'm saying am i aware and what's interesting is when he's doing this and teaching this concept we've all got our eyes closed in meditation and he just asks a simple question 
are you aware of who's next to you? And it's, it's horribly embarrassing that first time because I'm like, I have no idea who's sitting next to me or who might be across from me in that circle. And so great. The, the good news is, as Flint would say, that's great that you don't know. Because now you know that you don't know. And now you can do something about that. So I'm grounded. I'm right here in Yosemite National Park or in the Outer Hebrides or wherever I am. And I'm recognizing that now. Am I, am I aware of, of what's here? Am I aware of the birds? Am I aware of the air, of the sun, of the warmth? All those things. And then am I present? Am I really present in this moment and in a way that I can be receiving this. So it's slowing down. It's taking those big, deep cleansing breaths and, and repeating in my head all the time. And so that's what I offer the folks listening is that's a great place to start. Be aware. What, what am I bringing right now? Am I anxious? Am I feeling overwhelmed? Am I wor- too worried about f-stops and shutter speeds right now? Do I need to do what Margaret says? Do I need to play more and stop? Put it in P for perfect, as Dewitt Jones would say. Yeah, just put it in P. For- Cameras are so good. Or use your iPhone. You don't have to think about any of that stuff, right? And just start to play. Be aware. Be present of what's going on. And, and start to say, what am I being attracted to? Is it rhythm? Is it grace? Is it pattern? Is it... Is it texture? Is it light? Is it shadows? Is it shit? What is it? Because a lot of people don't even think about that. They don't take time to go, what is it that I'm being attracted to? And by being grounded, aware, and present, we can start to ask those questions. So go through that gap process and now say, okay, now that I'm aware, now that I'm present, what's here? What am I being taken by? And we have a rule on our, in the retreat specifically, if you say, wow, you have to stop and make a photograph. Good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't need to be a good one, but you need to pay attention to that process of, wow. Well, my gosh, if it caused you to say, wow, why are you not stopping to make a photograph of it? If it caused you to gasp, hello, it, it means something to you, Right. <laughs> That's right, yeah. and and I suppose that I suppose that's the um, the thing that a lot of people do, and then they ignore it because they think, well, actually, but that's the view I should be taking the picture of, or will somebody else like it? And those things, those those things come up, don't they? And they stop us connecting to the yes. natural, the wow or the gasp. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely correct. Yes, that's exactly what gets in the way. And that's that whole di- idea of being aware and present so that it's not so that you are aware that that's getting in the way. That's part of awareness, right? And then turning from that to how can I be more present at this moment rather than I'm aware of. See, a lot of people say aware is just, oh, that that person's next to me or there's a smell. No, it's also being aware of what you're bringing, uh, anxiety. I'm feeling tense. You know, I'm aware of all of that. So that you can then push that, or maybe better word is that you can meet that. Meet that and then lovingly pass through that to get to the other side. Because it's real, right? Those things are real. You can't push them aside. You can't ignore them. They're part of who you are. But you can acknowledge them, accept them, push them aside lovingly and gently and say, nope, not today, fear. I'm not letting you get me. I'm going to go ahead and push forward and try multiple exposures today, and I'm going to have a blast. 
I love yeah. that. I love that. That so so much because I, everybody has these things, and what we've got to remember is everyone has um, this past. Everybody has these these this fear. We've all we all have this um, these negative stories. That, that it's just that s- some people have got to the point where they can do what you've just said, and that's through yeah. awareness, isn't it? And it's not it's not like you go, okay, I'm I'm anxious. Today. I'm not going to be anxious today. <laughs> I'm just not going to worry about what I do with else things. It, but it's the awareness, isn't it? And I love the way you've described yes. that. I think yes. that could be very helpful to a lot of people. Here, here's another one, real quickly. So we have we all have FUD, what I call fears, uncertainties, and doubts. FUD. You know, so you have gap grounded or present, and that's helping you overcome the FUD, <laughs> you know, the fears, uncertainties, and doubts. And guess what, Margaret, for the listening audience, I have them in abundance still, right? That should be really clear. Everybody thinks that the professional photographers, oh, they're so great because they don't have FUD. That's just not true. I have, if somebody were to say to me today, could you shoot a wedding? I would break out in hives and I'd be sweating I would, I, I, and I'd say no because I don't know. I don't do a portrait session. Are you kidding me? I have no idea. But could I? Sure, because I would have to get through that. The, I'd have to get through the fears, uncertainties, and doubts. I'd need to ground myself. I need to be aware that I'm feeling anxious because I've never used a strobe, whatever, and then learn about it and then finally show up in a, in a present to be able to do it, right? That's a very small little, you know, quick example, but that's exactly how it happens, right? Whatever type of photography, you're having to meet those challenges that you've never dealt with and you do that and you play and, you, and, and it all happens. Yeah, and I, th- I do think that people probably look at professionals or maybe me and you and, and go, well, you don't have any of those problems. And I am quite content in my, <laughs> I know, I am, I am very content in my photography, my, my creative practice, but I have a lot of, some days I'm like, oh, I, I you know, nobody knows me. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, all these, these negative, these little voices that we, we all have them. It's learning to deal with them, isn't it? And, and learning to, to do is. things regardless and overcoming these these problems. Well, you just had a, a wonderful podcast with the the imposter syndrome oh yes yeah yeah yes. that's exactly i mean we i still have that i've just i had it really badly like two weeks ago and i had to write to a friend to kind of work through it i was like i i'm just such a fraud i look at because what where that happens is i was looking at somebody else's work and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so, so ridiculously good. And I went and looked at my Lightroom catalog, and I'm like, I got nothing that comes close to that. Nothing. And, of course, that person was a very different photographer than I am, shooting very different things than I'm you know, choosing to photograph. And, and I had to just kind of get through that moment again. So, yeah, it's real. We Trust me, Margaret and I have the same amount of insecurities that most of you do. We may have worked through some of them. <laughs> yeah. Not all of them. Uh, no. I, it's funny because I still don't think that people listen to this. So I, I, when I'm talking to people, I just think we're having a chat. And um, I sometimes am starting to get more. It's starting, obviously, to pick up a little bit and people are starting to notice. And I'm getting some messages through and they're saying, oh, I love that point. I'm so glad season three is back and I've missed it. And I'm like... You're listening to it. <laughs> no, well, nobody knows me. <laughs> so it's funny, isn't yeah, well, it? Well, they're um, they're going to know you very well. I think the things that we've touched on um, today are, are, are valuable, and it's really good to be talking about these things because 
we we all have um, these these problems. We all want to be more creative because creativity mm-hmm. is it's what life's about, isn't it? And what you touched on a bit at the beginning, actually, when you said about um, the heartbreak or the um, you're going through something, you you either you either that comes out in creativity. For me, when I'm upset or distressed or something, you know, that's that's negative, I will turn to creativity big time mm. and it'll come out in it and I think that's um, true for a lot of people some people just uh, retreat a little bit and are creative in their own ways in a slower more um, mm-hmm. different way um, but for me I'm, I'll turn to it definitely I'll turn straight to it so I, I think that we're just we're all just seeking um, comfort and and to, to find out whether anybody else has felt like that or how, how you express yourself music particularly you were talking about mm. music earlier I've a, I'm a great believer I'm not musical at all uh, but both my sons are musicians I suppose they, they, they are um, and um, music and lyrics so so powerful mm. aren't they amen yeah that's my other creative you see a guitar behind me for those who can't see us I've had I don't know, I've got six or eight of them. I'm not a great guitar player, but I do write music, right? And that's another creative outlet to express myself through lyric. A lot of sappy love songs for my wife, which she really loves. <laughs> that's wonderful. I, 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 I love writing, actually. And I think that writing with the photography is, uh, so I suppose it's very similar, isn't it, to lyrics? Well, we actually use that practice of writing haikus to go with our photography as part of the retreat. Yep, because it's another way of, of it's very powerful, because it expresses in those that, that very simple uh, format how we reacted, how we connected, what was it. It causes you to think, and that's the intent of that exercise, is to think a little bit about what was going on as you were making that photograph and now put that into words. Right? I love words and images. I talk about this quite a lot. And some people, they 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 often come to me and say I just like the images to stand on their own and um, I'm not sure on this one for me I think that's a little bit of a um, they're putting up a little bit of a barrier because I think that it's important to be um, writing and thinking about why and the, the reasons and all the thoughts behind them I think that's quite important and um, I, I wonder when people say to me I, I don't want to write behind it I think it's a fear of something um, but maybe I'm wrong in that maybe some people just prefer the medium of photography as it stands alone yeah good question and i don't know the answer to that but i i do know that there i have those similar discussions there are people who say no i don't even want to title it i want the viewer to bring and so remember we talked about ansel said ansel says you bring to the act of photography all these things well you also bring to the act of viewing other people's work that same paradigm right that same stuff so in a way, I do understand the person who says, no, I don't want to cloud your vision of how you're responding to this work by putting words to it. So I, can, I, I accept that now, that that's where they're at. But I am also going to argue for my position that says, would you still consider the process for yourself and the exercise to help you to maybe grow in your photography. And then if you want to put it out to the world as just a photograph, I'm totally fine with that. 
Right? Because if that's really truly your heart that says, I just want the world to respond to that from their paradigm, fantastic. But I think what you and I are talking about, Margaret, is a little deeper than that on the learning side and the connecting for photography side. I, you and I agree 100%. Encouraging people to, to write those words, to, to journal about the experience, to write a haiku or poetry or whatever you want to do about that experience. I think that's really powerful because that's, that's doing the hard work. That's doing the work uh, that's really deep and, and understanding what's bubbling up, as we would say in our little circles that we have when we talk about these types of things. We're trying to get people to bubble up what's happening. What did you experience and, and connect? Because that's the hard work. You see, it's like that therapy again. When you go to psychotherapy, it's hard to, to connect and, under, and name those things that you're feeling. And that's all we're doing here. That's what you and I are trying to get our... The people who care about the stuff at that little different level that we talked about before to to recognize and name those things that are bubbling up so that you can connect better. Yeah, and understand yourself better as well, because once you start to yep. understand, uh, it, it all comes around in a full circle. It's taken me about 10 years to do this. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, come, it doesn't come quickly, does it? It doesn't it's happen a process, overnight, isn't it? no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's very much of a process. It's a lifelong process. It is, isn't it? And I don't think it's not going to. It it's not going to stop. It's not going to end. And I, no. I find that now, as it goes on, um, you get these moments where you're going, "Oh, that's why I was doing this all. That's why I've been learning yes. this for fifteen years because it's it makes sense now." And yes. you get these little connections that happen um, as long as you allow yourself to to really connect to the intuitive part of you rather than the 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 other parts that's maybe sort of right. more fear based. So, um, absolutely. It's been so wonderful to chat with you, <laughs> really. It's been lovely. Um, do, you, do you want to just tell us where people can find you, but maybe don't tell them about the retreats because I'd like to come with you and, and, and get a place. <laughs> 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 Otherwise okay. you'll have 100 people on your list. <laughs> no, That's right. Well, certainly thank you for the offer to do this, Margaret. I, I can be found on Instagram uh, in Facebook, and that's John Barclay photo, I think. <laughs> I think it is. It's John Barclay photo. Um, it's not John Barclay photography, I don't think. Uh, John Barclay photo, but the, the main place, obviously, is the website, and that is barclayphoto.com. So Barclay, B A R C L A Y. But those are the main places. Vero has raised its ugly head again as a platform for where, and, and it looks like maybe some traction this time. There's a lot more people frustrated with the Instagram world right now who are going to Vero and so I'm on there as well as gosh if you look for John Barkley I'll pop up there as well uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today you're so welcome it has been a pleasure Margaret I hope we get to to do what we spoke about earlier come and visit each other that would be delightful Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support me in my work, please do subscribe to this podcast and share it or review it. That really helps. You can also find me at quietlandscapes.co.uk or on Instagram at Margaret Soraya and also on YouTube. Thank you so much and I will see you on the next episode. <laughs>